like many communities in California, Elk Grove is facing a tight housing market and like many urban areas, homelessness is on the rise. And like many Californians, Elk Grove residents express concern about helping the homelessness, but just not in their neighborhood. On Sunday, December 8, 2019, these and other sentiments were discussed in a meeting hosted by Elk Grove City Council member Stephanie Wynn on a proposed development along Bruceville Road in District 4. Here's what Nguyen had to say about the affordable housing in District 4 and the city in general. Um, District 4 does have more than other districts. If we're comparing it to other cities, we don't, we're, we don't have as much as other cities do. I'm Dan Gilrady. In this edition of Elk Grove News Podcast, we'll look at one idea for a more even distribution of affordable and permanent supportive housing in Elk Grove and attempt to answer the question, is it even possible? Let's start by hearing from Elk Grove's housing manager, Sarah Bontrager, who conducted much of the December 8th meeting. Here, Bontrager offers an explanation of why California has a housing shortage, the corresponding increase in homelessness, and how it relates to the need for more affordable housing. Bontrager cited three reasons why there is a tight housing market. So why is housing becoming more unaffordable? The first one is there's a lot of demand for housing. Um, in the recession, what we saw is that a lot of people doubled up on housing. So adult children lived with their parents or two families would live together in order to afford housing. When the economy got stronger, those folks wanted to move out. They wanted to have their own house. And we had not built much during the recession. So you have new folks wanting to move out, but we don't have new housing for them. And so they end up taking up the existing housing. So that drives down vacancy rates um, and drives up rents. Um, we also have um, construction labor and materials costs. Prices are going up. Um, and we have a real construction labor shortage as well. Bontrager also added another reason why there is high occupancy rates and high demand for affordable housing units in Elk Grove. Um, and we also have locally um, a pretty, um, pretty significant emphasis on large lot single family homes. So we don't have a lot of developers that are coming in and asking to build townhomes, asking to build um, apartments. Um, most of it is bigger single family homes, which tend to be more expensive. Keep in mind, Bontrager doesn't make policy. That's the job of the Elk Grove City Council. Even though she doesn't say it directly, Bontrager implies developers come to Elk Grove intent to build high-profit, large-lot, single-family homes. The implication is that developers are given what they want, and what they want are fat profit margins. There is no mention that the policymakers, the Elk Grove City Council, have the authority to decide for the most part what and where something is built in the city, especially on vacant land. Those decisions in Elk Grove have historically been guided by wealthy developers and landowners. Since Elk Grove's incorporation in 2000, and when the community was under the jurisdiction of the Sacramento County Board of Supervisors before that, the wealthy bought influence with campaign contributions and have gotten pretty much anything they desired. That partly explains why the city finds itself in this bind. So now, aside from the societal concerns from addressing housing affordability and not to mention the homelessness, this money lust has forced Elk Grove into playing a game of catch-up with its share of mandated affordable housing. It is starting to place much of the catch-up by placing affordable housing on Bruceville Road in District 4. 
Here, Wynn explains to the audience what is happening in her district. We are, we are getting there. Um, future plans are to make sure that we do meet the requirements of having the affordable housing, but the idea also is to spread it all across the city and not just concentrated all in, in one district. So when I got on council, that was the one thing I saw as well too. And I looked it up, I asked for a map, a heat map to show the entire district, district four, and also where the affordable housing um, units were in district four, actually all across the city. And I saw that our, our district lit up, right? Because there were just quite a few um, in our district. And so I have been advocating with my colleagues as well in saying that we need to make sure this is spread all across the district and that they're not fully concentrated in just our district here. Now, I will say we are by district now, right? And so that is where I'm going to need support from not only all of you, but also the other district members as well too. And, and it's unfortunate because not everybody wants this in their district, right? And so I'm working with my colleagues and asking them that we, you know, to be fair, right, this needs to be really all across the city, all across the city. And I get that we have its own majority in our district here in District 4, but we have to also trade off one for another. So if we're going to, if, if we have one zoned for that, the idea is to see if there's anywhere else that we can trade off and have a market rate uh, complex in our district in exchange for somebody else's district to take on, take on that um, affordable housing. At a recent Elk Grove Planning Commission meeting, smart planning advocate Lynn Wheat commented on the very topic. Is that we're going to have apartment complexes lining Bruceville Road. And sadly, I think it's going to become a Mac Road. Going back to the December 8th meeting, Bond Traeger noted that many of the affordable units are being placed in District 4 because there is more undeveloped land in that district. To Wynn's point, she also said the city is looking at other developable parcels in the other three districts. With that, I asked Bontrager a question about the authority of the city council to rezone one specific parcel to high-density housing. Here is the question in Bontrager's response. But on the northeast corner of Power Inn Road in Sheldon, and there's a large parcel there. I think it's zoned for commercial. Is there a mechanism that the city could just change the zoning on that without the owners? Yes, yes. Has that, is that has that possibility been explored? For that particular site, I would have to look back at the record um, from the last housing element. It wasn't a site that we chose to rezone. I can't recall if it was one that we looked at or not. Mm -hmm. um, it was eight years ago. Um, because that's a rather large parcel. It's yeah. near schools, walking distance to mm -hmm. schools, and transportation it would so be ideally So we will be kind of looking suited. at the full universe of, of parcels, but yes, the city can rezone um, the property to residential from, from anything. And um, in general, we have had to do some rezones for the housing element process where the owner has not supported the rezone. If you think about it, the northeast corner of Power Inn and Sheldon Roads is a perfect site for additional affordable and permanent support housing units. And as a matter of disclosure, this development is about three-quarters of a mile from my residence. First, let's consider the retail market. The effects of online shopping on retailers are well documented. If you need evidence of how much retail has changed, just think of the now-demolished outlet collection at Elk Grove. There was a reason that shopping center, the Ghost Mall, was never completed. There was limited demand. And further, 
Elk Grove is emphasizing retail development near the District 56 Civic Center and along Bruceville Road in District 4. It's hard to imagine in today's retail environment how the Power Inn and Sheldon Parcel could be attractive as a shopping center. So while it's zoned that way, those 18 acres will sit vacant for years to come. But the site does have other solid features for other uses. It is within walking distance of two elementary schools, a middle school and a high school, grocery shopping at the Winkle store is nearby, and it is located along bus routes and relatively close to light rail. Aside from its location near services and schools, it offers the desirable mix of high-density affordable housing near single-family homes and the ultra-exclusive residence of Shortline Lake. This would make this area inclusionary and not economically segregated. In our view, is one of several spots outside of District 4 that are well-suited for high-density housing. This site might be one of the best in the city for a rezone. But until it is rezoned, it will do nothing to help solve the housing and more specifically affordable housing shortage. And would the city council even consider rezoning this parcel? Probably not. Landowners and developers who give campaign contributions and marching orders to the mayor and the council members probably would throw a fit and do everything to keep this from being rezoned for high-density housing. Likewise, this same reaction would probably happen throughout the city from other landowners and developers subject to a rezone who have contributed to the mayor and the council members. As a result, our elected officials, with their future political ambitions hanging in the balance, will let their strings be pulled as long as that cash keeps flowing. And as long as the wealthy get what they want, they'll throw just enough cash at the mayor and the council members. It is a symbiotic relationship in the truest sense of the word. Does the phrase quid pro quo ring a bell? So for residents in District 4 and anywhere in the city, the city will probably place all the affordable and permanent supportive housing units along Bruceville Road and as the Southeast Policy Area develops there as well. And don't let the city council members sell you on their talking point, this is all the result of by-district elections. That's a red herring. What really is going on is just a continuation of what has been happening for over 30 years. Landowners and developers who make the campaign contributions will determine the fate of neighborhoods, not the voters. Until the days come, and that day will probably never come, that campaign contributions are limited for Elk Grove City Council elections, the game continues. The wealthy will still call the shots, and the mayor and city council members will toe the line. After all, council members need that money for their next election, be it in Elk Grove or elsewhere, and they will never bite the hand that feeds them. The wealthy landowners and the developers who make their cash donations win. The mayor and city council members who receive the cash win. And for neighborhoods, well, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs>